the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The big silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours, and we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. Yami here is one of our Tone It Up trainers. And... I am. And she lives here in Houston, and I asked her yesterday (laughs) if she would lead this conversation. I am so excited to be here. I was planning on coming anyway, and then Karina texted me. She's like, do you want to lead? And I said, I'm sorry, you want to what? You want me to do what now? She's like, now I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm going to preface this. I am pregnant, so if I cry, blame the hormones, okay? Okay. I mean, I'm emotional. I'm not pregnant, but <laughs> I cry constantly now okay, because <laughs> out of just tears of joy to be yeah. able to share your silence and tell your story and just like get it out there because once you can get it out there, it's so healing. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to thank Karina for, you know, everything. I could, I could be here for hours talking about this woman and what she's built and she's given me the opportunity to be a part of Tone It Up. If you don't know what Tone It Up is, it's like she said, the leading, like the leading community in women's fitness. And um, it's funny how I came to be with Tone It Up. Years ago, I was making a, a vision board and I, I saw their picture leading a group of women and I cut it out and I put it on my vision board, not necessarily to like work with them, but I wanted to impact women the way they've impacted women, right? And then fast forward, pandemic happened and then Tone It Up reaches out and I'm like, I'm sorry, am I being punked? Like what is happening? So it's just crazy how the world works and brings people together. And I feel like I needed to meet the women that are a part of Tone It Up, not even Kat and Karina, but like the women that are a part of that company. It's just such amazing women and I'm just so honored to be here and talk to you about your book and everything you're doing and oh I'm just so excited (laughs) before even the book I love the power of visualization have any of you here made a vision board and manifested oh yeah I yeah and I for the past 20 years I mean even myself as little Karina 
suffering from so much and then making that vision board and then having that change in my brain of, no, I am worth something greater. I am, my life deserves to be magical. Yeah. And that vision board and what I've manifested, I, I had to start taking stuff down off my vision board. <laughs> You're like, it's happening, too much is happening. <laughs> um, but no, I did. And I, like I said, I didn't, it's crazy how, you know, we might get a little cliche here, but on your way to what you think your dreams are, you find other ones that have fulfilled, like, like exceeded your expectations. And um, I'm just feeling very lucky and blessed to be a part of this community. And like I said, just to talk about this incredible book, if you haven't gotten it, I mean, I'm not even done with it. And I was telling Karina, I was actually at a shoot and the book was just like sitting there. And it was like a break. And I started reading it and I had to stop because I was like, my makeup's gonna... <laughs> she talks about a lot of amazing things in here, a lot of sad things in here. And I guess, we, should we just get started? Like, should we just jump right in? Whatever you want. So for those of you, or for those of them that haven't read the book or don't really know much of your story, and you kind of shared a little bit about it. If you can paraphrase, what is your book about? My book's about a little girl growing up with a mother with paranoid schizophrenia and other mental illnesses in the 90s where no one was talking about it. So when you're that little girl back then, you're lost. Mom's in and, in and out of the house. You have no one to talk to because no one's talking about it. And you go to the library. I don't even know if there's libraries anymore. <laughs> but And you rent a book because mom is in a psych word and the doctor says schizophrenia and you're like I can't even spell that to this day and rent a book and read about it and then being lost and alone and losing friends and losing self and just being so alone where it led me to my own suicide attempt but I'm here yeah like I said, a lot of sad things, a lot of deep things. And I'm so happy that you're here. I am too. Like, <laughs> I'm like, thank God. And God was like watching over. He's like, you are not, this is not the end. Yeah. You are meant to do something greater. Share the message, save lives. And even with the big silence in our nonprofit and our crisis text line and all the programs we have, we've already saved so many lives. And we, we talked a little bit earlier about you know, your stops already and who you've talked to and the bus brings so many people, like it brings attention to people and you've had the opportunity to talk to them and you've kind of already said this, but what is your mission? Like, what do you want somebody to get out of this book? What I want to get out of the book is to say, it's okay to not have this perfect life. I always say perfection is a prison and we are here if we can just have a conversation, say, hey, I'm not doing great today. I'm not doing, this is me. Take the shame away from the grief, the sadness. The book is not only a, a sad story, it's an inspiring story. It has my life lessons. My goal is to save lives, have conversations with beautiful women and men like all of you and Find that greatness in life and make sure every one of you realize how we should cherish this moment because life is beautiful. Look around us right now. 
look where we are. And we're about to go walk in nature together and conversate and hug. My mission is just for everyone to be able to live their best life. I love that. And I want to go back to what you just said. Perfection. What did you say? Perfection is a prison. Perfection is a prison. I have never heard that before. And that's, I'm going to tattoo that somewhere because especially today's age of social media, everyone's so picture perfect all the time. We're always comparing ourselves. Can I be skinnier? Can I be cuter? Can I be more tan? Can I be, can I lift heavier? Social media has elevated mental illness. I have suffered with anxiety and depression and it's long line for my family. I've never thought about taking my own life, but I still think that everyone's story is so powerful. And like you said, if we share it, it no longer has a hold on us. So I'm so thankful that you decided to write this book five years ago because you're going to touch so many people's lives. Thank you. Yeah, it makes me think back. So in the LA stop, one of the audiovisual girls who does like the sound that Bobby's doing today, Bobby, my husband, (laughs) the truck driver, the AV guy, (laughs) she's 22 years old. And after I shared my story, she came up to me backstage and she said, I'm 22 And I tried to take my life at 16. And she's like, after hearing you speak about this and opening up the conversation, she's like, I wasn't even supposed to be here on this job today. And I just got hired yesterday. But now I I have hope. And I was like, you do. And I'm 41. And when I was 22-year-old Karina, I didn't have hope. But it's just those little moments and the people that you touch and where they see, like, you can change and your life is worth it. I had this question in mind and you just segued it perfectly. What would you tell your 22-year-old self? Like, if you can go back in time and everything's happened, all of this, like, what would you? Everything's going to be okay. And isn't that so funny how everyone says that? And you're like, okay, give me something else. Give me. but, But it's true. Like, everything is going to be okay. Well, that was around... 21, 22, where I was coming off of 10 plus years of my own situational depression from my mother and my own suicide attempt and being a raver and doing every drug you can imagine all at the same time. I'm shocked I'm alive because in this day and age, Mm. mm -mm. but I was around 22 and I had that aha moment after a three-day bender and I woke up in a, a park and I said, you know what, Karina? this is not you. You are meant to be something greater. Yeah. And that was my own 22-year-old telling myself, maybe a higher power telling myself, that you are meant to be greater than this. And your life is meant to have a purpose and fall in love and feel love. So this might be like really deep, but the more we talk, the more I'm like, I have so many questions. For anyone that's going through that right now, what would you say was... I don't know if I want to ask the first step or what would you say was like the next couple steps that you took to get out of that? I got back to physical fitness. Instead of going to the clubs in Hollywood at night, I decided to go to bed early and wake up and surf at sunrise. So was it kind of like a... Like a, it was a lot of work. I read every self-help book. Yeah. I started moving my body because I was like, when was I happiest? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved my body. And when I was a little girl and watching my mother work out to Jane Fonda or Kathy Smith, VHS tapes, and like moving my body made me happy. 
And I even experienced meditation in my teens where I felt so connected with self. So it takes a lot more work to connect with self and do the work, read the books, get into therapy, do everything. I just, you have to do the work. And it's hard as hell. Yeah. But when you get to the other side, you're like, damn, I did that. (laughs) And everything you've built, I can't stress. I, I don't know if you guys are truly aware of the presence that you're in right now. This one, they have gone to create Tone It Up, which is the best. It's just so crazy to think about it maybe not existing. Yeah. Early 20s, Karina was little girl did drugs destroyed her life because she thought she was going to become like her mother and my grandfather who committed suicide and was schizophrenic and then finally when it clicked in my early 20s I said you are not that I was destroyed my life because I thought I would never be happy become anything be able to do anything and so that's the beautiful thing and now we've built a community of millions of women who move not because of the society being skinny. Yeah, it's not that. It's the mental health. You move your body, you feel good, you eat healthy because it helps in the mental side. For someone in my early 20s, I never would have imagined what we have built now between myself and Katrina and everybody we work with. We have our fitness app, we have our nutrition products and every Walmart, Target, CVS, H-E-B, you name it, we're there. It makes me so proud of that little girl. I mean, I'm getting emotional because, like, (laughs) it's insane to think about, like, from an outsider, let's just say I don't know who you are and I know your story, well, not your story, but I know your Tone It Up story and this empire that you've built. And then I go a little deeper and I find out about what you struggled with and what you had to overcome to get that. That is just so inspiring and inspiring for me still because, like I said, I have family members that deal with anxiety and depression and it trickles in sometimes. And I don't know if you've ever experienced with it, but it feels like you're in a cloud that you just can't get away from. And that, that gives me hope because I still feel which is also weird, right? You'll see somebody on social media and they're like, oh, they have X amount of followers. They're, they're living life. They're, they're perfect. But you truly never know what's going on behind closed doors or in their minds. So if there's anything I could remind you of is that no matter who you're speaking with or who you're coming in contact with, we should try and stop from the judgment, not in a negative way, but like even a good way. Like we have to be kind with, with people and because you truly never know what someone is dealing with or struggling with. So my mother, who is schizophrenic and suffered from mental illness for all of her life and was homeless and in and out of the house, and she passed away in September 2021. And uh, this mission, The Big Silence, is for her. And I was with her the last three days of her life in hospice, and she finally... Because she hated, I've I've been working in the mental health space for many years. I've been on the board of NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. They've been around for over 40 years and been on their board. And my mom always hated that I was doing this advocacy. But then the day before she passed, she said, it's not just my physical health. It's my mental health. And I told her that the big silence is dedicated in her memory 
for her legacy so that no one has to suffer like her again. And she nodded her head. So this is for Linda Joy Tompkins and everyone else. And um, with our nonprofit, my sister is the executive director, Rachel. She comes from a background of 10 years in the nonprofit world. So she's running it with me and we are out here on the road. Doing amazing, amazing things. The lives you're touching is just... If we can back up for a second, I'm very interested in knowing how, growing up as a little girl, how did you know your mom had schizophrenia? Was it a sit-down talk or was it kind of just your norm that that's what it was and it was never like, this is what I'm dealing with? It was... We ordered pizza one night when we were having a family movie night and she wanted to walk to the corner store and get some soda and then she never came home. Oh, wow. And... And how old are you? Uh, 11. Wow. Um, and that was the first time she disappeared and then there was another time where she was gone for a few months in a mental institution. My dad had hired a private investigator to try to find her and she was in a hospital as a Jane Doe and they said it was the longest Jane Doe that they ever had and she didn't admit to having a family or anything and then they started giving her Haldol and some other medications and then she came to and said oh I do have a husband I do have children this is who I am because she like tossed her wedding ring tossed her wallet like she got rid of everything and she was just walking I mean, it's all in there. Yeah, like, no, it's yeah. very heavy, but that's when they diagnosed her with schizophrenia, depression, and definitely some narcissism. Mm. But what do you think was the hardest part of that? Not having a mother. Yeah. But that was the other thing the last three days that I spent with my mom. And she kept saying, regret, regret. I regret this. I regret. And I said, Mom... Don't regret anything. This was the life that we were meant to have. And you raised a beautiful daughter by not even being there. Yeah. And she, I could tell she was trying to take that in and it was hard for her. The hardest thing was not having a mother, but the greatest thing was I'm one tough fucking chick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not much, Kim. I, like, I just, I can do anything. Yeah. I had to start raising myself when I was yeah. a teenager. I can do anything. And so can anyone else. Yeah. We have it in us. And again, like I said, like I'm so grateful of the woman I've become today. And I'm hitting the road on some grassroots mental health tour with my husband. And like I said, I hope we're still married by the end of this month. <laughs> <laughs> It's not easy, but it's such a mission and a passion that I'm, we're just doing it. I don't know much about schizophrenia, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but she doesn't, she doesn't know she's doing it. A lot of mental health diseases have ebbs and flows right. where you're in and out. Over the years, she knows she was diagnosed, and at the end, she was able, when I asked her, I'm like, do you still experience schizophrenia and she says 
I do, but I know when I see that grim reaper mm. in the window or the spider on the wall or the voices in my head, I know it's not real. Wow. <laughs> I, I could go more into it, but it's, you know, after so many years of experiencing this and in the beginning, seeing dragons and fighting or believing that my dad was part of the Antichrist, like, it's crazy shit. You thinking that or your mom? My mom. Okay. And, um, but then towards the end of her life, she was able to know what was true and what was not. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you got to finish that book. I know. I know. <laughs> like, got to go. Um, any questions so far for Karina? So the question is, how important has nature been on my journey to wellness? Very important. I have to get out connect with earth feel like and being present and just walking like we're about to go on a nature walk right now just being able to be present with the breeze right now feeling the breeze like I'm able to feel that the sense around the trees and the leaves blowing in the wind nature is so important because it's part of who we are and what we're made of and I think people forget that we take it for granted we, re- we don't realize that it's, there's healing in that. My husband was in the backyard recently barefoot, and I was like semi-joking. I was like, are you grounding? <laughs> and he's, he's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> well, he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, but you are, though. And he's like, yeah, it makes me feel good. And I was like, isn't that crazy how we know it makes us feel good, but we don't really know what it's doing? You know what I mean? It's just so interesting that we have taken all these things around us for granted. I think we have to remind ourselves of the little things that can make such a big impact. Yeah, even this morning, was, we were in Austin at home for one night. And one thing about nature that I love is water. And I lived in L.A. at the beach for 20 years. And then jumping in water. I went into our cold plunge day and I just... I saw that on... I was like, mm-mm, no. Yeah. yeah. No, no. You're coming... Next time you're over, you're getting in. I hate the cold, so I don't no, know. No, it's I, so uh, meditative just getting in water. Cause yeah, lukewarm water. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a nice hot tub or bathtub. Yeah. No, you're doing it next time. Has anyone done a cold plunge? Yeah. yeah. Right? Okay. Because, and even at home, when I'm stressed out, I'm like, Bobby, it could be nighttime. I'm like, I just need to get in the cold plunge. Once you're in there, you're so focused on breathing and breath. See, that's my problem. I'm thinking of how cold it is, not on my breath. (laughs) No, you just have to focus on your breath where you can't, your mind doesn't wander anywhere else. And so it brings you back to this state of meditation and awareness. Like, you're so aware. (laughs) This is why we need you (laughs) to remind us. Her meditations are so good on the Turn It Up app. So good. You should do a cold plunge meditation. Yeah. I know. I I was telling Bobby this morning, I'm like, this could be my last cold plunge for like a month. How often do you do it? I try to do it every day. But if I can't go in every day, I just dip my face in. Or a cold shower. I just turn the shower on cold. Days I wake up and I don't feel good or whatever's going on, turn that cold water on and it's like back to being present. Yeah, I have hot water. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm a punk when it comes to the cold. I'm just, it is what it is. Any other questions? 
Yeah, so the question is, what is my meditation practice? So I did train under Deepak Chopra. He's on the has a quote on the cover of the book, and I've taught retreats with him. I, my meditation practice, like my workouts, is has an ebb and flow, with no judgment. I mean, I have a mantra, and I can sit in silence. I whatever I feel like in that day. Sometimes I follow guided meditation. Again, my meditation could just be jumping in that cold plunge. It could be taking that shower, finding moments of silence. I just need to go in a separate room, walk in nature for two minutes. It doesn't. I think there's so much pressure on what meditation is, yeah. and it really doesn't have to be much. It's just finding those moments for yourself to be present. In an ideal world. I would do 20 minutes of silence in the morning and 28 minutes at night. But in the ideal world for me, right now, it's not happening. So it's any way to find presence, nature. And I turn my phone on Do Not Disturb. (laughs) And that is amazing. (laughs) Speaking of meditation, before we go to the next question, you mentioned without judgment. And I know that it's really hard for some women, people in general, like with a workout program or your meditation, there are so many things that are like, you must meditate five times a week to be calm, cool, and collected. How do you, well, number one, did you ever experience that? And then number two. What, did I ever experience calm, cool, collected? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, were you ever like, I'm meditating, I want to meditate seven times a week and I got one and I feel crappy about myself. And then if you did, how were you able to have the no judgment and be like, you know what? It's okay. Life, like you said, ebbs and flows like our fitness. There were times in my life where I did the 20 minutes or times in my life where every morning I lit my candles and did it. And I was great. But literally for myself, even a pandemic hit. Yeah. And then everything changed sometimes. And then also I was taking, I was a caregiver to my mother And then she passed away and everything just went out the roof. Forget it. No schedule, no routine. I'm just in the past few months getting myself back to that, but allowing myself that grace and the time because it takes time to get back to routine once you get out of it, which is fine. And we need to allow ourselves that. And it goes back to what you said about finding those little moments throughout the day where you can shut out the world for a little bit and kind of recenter yourself. Yeah, and even, you know, with being on the road for the next few weeks, you know, my husband, bus driver, I'm like, bye, I'm going to the back of the bus to sit in the dark and just breathe. You just have to allow yourselves those moments without judgment. I mean, we all... Life is crazy, and that's okay. And for those that want to start meditating, and they know what they have to do, but they just don't do it, what would you say? Just try. Give yourself one minute. One minute. Of what? Just sitting in silence or guided or what? Have the mantra of, I am love. I am loved. Breathe. Like, literally, like, we can do it right now. Just let's take less than a minute and close our eyes. Right? Okay. All right. Are you leading us? Are yeah. you going to tell me with my eyes again? Because I will be here with my eyes closed for yeah. 20 minutes. We're going to close our eyes right now. Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Place one hand on your heart. 
Deep breath in. A deep breath out. Continue that breath as we feel the pressure points of our bodies on these seats. Listening to the sounds of the birds being in nature. Allowing the wind to touch our bodies, blow our hair. And feeling the energy of those around us. So let's energetically send love to everyone in this room. Say, I love you. I love you. Say, I am worthy. And now, receive that same energy from everyone in this room. For I love you. And you are worthy. Taking a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. And sit in stillness. Silence. And when you're ready, open your eyes. How easy was that? That was so lovely. And how much more calm is everyone in this room? Right? I'm like ready to go to sleep. <laughs> that was good. I was going to say, I, I wish I had you like on my phone or something. something oh, I do. Can. I, can. <laughs> I am. Turn it up, app. <laughs> there was another question. I don't want to. So, question is as a little girl, and even now, where do I find my strength? Number one, I have a tattoo on my wrist, it stands for strength and power. Because as a little girl, I would cut myself. Um, I find it, I find my strength in a higher purpose and power. Being so aware that I'm so grateful to be alive. I'm so, like, to be here to experience life, I, I don't want it to end. And I want to do everything I possibly can to live my best life at this point. And even though I stress myself out and my husband and we're going on this tour and my step and repeat just blew down, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but where do I find my strength? It's the belief that we are worthy and you are worthy because I've been through the darkest of the darkest and then the light and where now I can not sweat the small stuff because it's also one of, that's one of the things that has helped me in my professional life is not sweating the small stuff because I've been down there. It's like the faith that it w will get better. Yeah. I mean, it has to, like yeah. you said. I think if, obviously, if you don't quit, yeah. you know. And it is harder to not quit than to quit but it's better when you don't quit. Any other questions? About anything? I know we're late for our nature walk. Oh, are we? 
Okay, then we're going to wrap this up. Well, thank you so much thank for you. opening and up thank you. doing this. Thank you to all of you who came and showed up and supported. And now we're going to go on our nature walk. Thank you Yay. so much for just being here, being so transparent, sharing your story. You are inspiring millions of millions of millions of people. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence.